Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
together for Jesus. Hallelujah. We know that, Lord, we are not here by accident. You brought us here because you caused us to approach. And according to your word, may you satisfy us with the goodness of your house. In the name of Jesus. Father, open our eyes into the scriptures this afternoon. And may we behold wondrous things out of your law. In Jesus' name. And let the saints say, Amen. Beautiful. Why don't you take your seat in the presence of the living God? Hallelujah. For the brethren who probably have not known me or not heard my name, I'm sure you saw the name on the board. You can't even remember because it is not John Smith. Hallelujah. My name is Kwame Owusu Deku. Hallelujah. And the person that God brought into my life about how many years now? Uh huh. Uh, what a shock. <laughs> about 22 years wow and then including beloved dozing that is about 25 years that we have known each other and god has blessed us you know with three great kids many of you i have known you by the grace of god for many years we've met 1998 and then we stayed together for 10 years and we left now we have come back 
At the same time, I also believe that many of you, I don't know you, you also don't know me. It is the reason why maybe after preaching today, let's meet each other and hug each other and love each other. What do you think? Beautiful. Hallelujah. It's great to see all of you, the patriots in the house, people that you have been faithful for years. I can't mention names. Antiama. Is Christy and Willie here? Good. What about Joyce? Is Joyce is here? Yeah. Many, many, many years. I came to meet Joyce in this church. I came to meet Christy and Willie. I used to sit in the aisle, and it was the only church I found the first time that I saw ladies being technical people. <laughs> LP called and Christy and LP Selena, they used to do technical stuff. Am I, am I right? Yeah, and then I used to watch them. These ladies are very intelligent. Hey, they are fantastic. Hallelujah. You know, but by the grace of God, we've come back. And as, as we said two weeks ago, together with you, together with the pastors that we came to meet LP, you know, and the shepherds, Auntie Felicia, with LP Palm, and Pastor Nana also coming next week, I believe that we will build a great church. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, I believe that we will build a great church. Hallelujah. Are you happy to see me, please? Oh, please, encourage me small. <laughs> well, this year, as our brother said, is going to be a great year. It's a year that our priests carrying the ark of God. You know, in those days, in the Bible days, the priests will be carrying the ark of God. And in a difficult journey, they will step forward first. Carrying the ark of God represents the presence of God. God himself. Hallelujah. In that dispensation. And our priest is Bishop Dark. And he has declared that it's going to be our year that we should expect series, not only one victory, but series of victories. Hallelujah. If you study sciences, you do faces, anytime anything is in series, it means that if one comes after the other. When the second one is coming, you don't take the first one away. Are you with me, please? Because there are times that you can do plus one minus two. Hallelujah. Am I saying something here? Uh-huh. But this year is not like that. We are going to do plus one, plus one, plus one. And at a point, it will turn into multiplications. As at a point, it will turn into multiplications in the name of Jesus. That is why if you are here and you do not have this book, I want to beseech you by the mercies of the living God, do not exclude yourself. Hallelujah. You know, how can you finish this nice book in three weeks, even though we have one week to go, LP, you said one week, right? Yeah, you cannot finish this book in three weeks. It's too powerful. So I think it's still not late. Our lady, our sister, is at the back. If you still need a copy, 
I want to encourage you. Get one today. Hallelujah. How much is this one? Eight? Only eight? Okay. Beautiful. Yesterday, after the prayer meeting, you know, we stayed around for a while. We left the city around five something to six. And then the kids said they wanted McDonald's. You know, when we went there, we didn't buy. They bought. When they put everything together, I'm not sure if the computer was right, but it was 21 something. Hallelujah. Can you, can you hear what I'm saying? So, the lunch money that you were, going, you, are, you were planning to use tomorrow, use it to order the book. Hallelujah. And the lunch will be multiplied. Multiplied. Will be multiplied. And God will bless you. So, I want us to open to a chapter that I heard my pastor and your pastor sharing. Hallelujah. And today I'm trusting God that God will open our eyes more into it. Hallelujah. 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 You can see from this verse that God is monitoring our works, monitoring our deeds. Hallelujah. You know, if we go to work and at the end of the 365 days, your manager calls you and tells you, write down everything that you have done for us this year and bring it and I will praise you. How many agree with me that God can also do the same? Hallelujah. Yeah. So if in the world our managers, our supervisors can appraise us and based on that, they determine how much they can, add, they can add to our income the same way, you know, God can also monitor us. And from here, we can see that God is monitoring us. Verse 16, please. So because you are lukewarm uh -huh. and neither hot nor cold, uh -huh. I will spit you out of my mouth. I will spit you out of my mouth. Hallelujah. You know, anything that goes into your mouth and it comes out, it's not pleasant. Hallelujah. It goes there and it mixes with other things, you know, and then anytime it comes out, you will not like to take it back and put it in your mouth again. But God is saying that if we are not hot and we are not cold and we are in the book, it says lukewarm, it means God will, is saying that he will not be happy with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The next one, verse 17. Because you say I am rich uh -huh. and have become wealthy mm -hmm. and have need of nothing mm -hmm. and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable because and you say I am and rich blind and naked. have become wealthy and have no need of anything and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. This year, this will, this will not be said about us. I said this will not be said about us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And then the last verse, 18. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire. I so advise you. God is saying, my counsel to you, my advice to you, to come out of from verse 15, 
to 17 is that buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become what? Rich. And white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness. It means that everyone has nakedness. Are you with me, please? Yes. All of us here, we have nakedness. God is saying that the reason why our nakedness, they are not showing, is that he has clothed us. And there are times that you can put certain clothes on, you may not know that you are naked because the church and the people, they did not know that they were naked until God came. Hallelujah. You will not be ashamed. I say you will not be ashamed in the name of Jesus. Are you with me, please? Brothers and sisters, and the last one, it says that nakedness will not be revealed and I saw to anoint your eyes so that you may see. You will see. I said you will see this year. I said you will see this year. This is so critical for children of God, for you and for me. Hallelujah. You and I, we really need to see. Hallelujah. For us to reach our God-given destiny, we need God to anoint our eyes to see at a certain, in a, such a way that, you know, we will not see immediate surroundings around us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Jeremiah chapter 48. So if you open the book, you will see that chapter, page 26. Bishop was trying to describe lukewarmness. You have page 26 in your book. The last but two pages, uh, paragraphs. It says, lukewarmness is the only thing so disgusting to God that it causes him to spit you out as something detestable. And the last one says that lukewarmness is the same as being complacent and satisfied with far less than you should be. Are you with me, please? You, 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 you get to a point in your life where sometimes, and I want us to know that it comes to all of us. It comes to a point that, oh, I've been here for some time. I think I should take it easy these days and relax and know. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's a natural thing that you feel like you have done a lot already, so you should just relax. Hallelujah. You know, you get to a point that you, see, you, you can see that by the grace of God, you've made certain investments and you can see the returns. And that is why, but God is saying that never get to that point. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? And then it says that what makes lukewarmness so detestable? Lukewarmness is an evil because it contains ingredients of deception. It's in the book. Deception. Hallelujah. That is why the church, they, were, they didn't know that they were poor. They didn't know that they were wretched. Jeremiah 48, 10. Please. 
please, when I, when I said that, anyone who went to a good school, I was joking, or don't say that Reverend came Reverend, saying that we do not go to good school. <laughs> yeah, I was just joking. I, how can I say that? Somebody went to heaven and a person was trying to tell Jesus that when he was on this earth, you know, he suffered a lot. He really suffered, Jesus. Somebody said, hey, be careful, be careful. Have you seen Paul? Paul is here. He said, you suffered. <laughs> Paul is here. Hallelujah. How can I say that when brother Ben is here, you know, I can say that. I was joking. Beautiful. Let's, verse 10. Cursed be the one who does not, uh-huh, who does the Lord's work. Mommy, are you flowing? Good. Cursed be the one who Give does. Give us amplified, please. Mm-hmm. Amplified. Cursed is the one who does the work of the Lord. I mean, we have it here. Uh-huh. Cursed be he who does the work of the Lord negligently, mm-hmm. with slackness, mm-hmm. deceitfully, mm-hmm. and cursed be he who keeps back his Can you see that? from blood. You do the work with slackness. Have you seen people like that at your workplace where they are supposed to clock in at 8 o'clock prompt? They clock in at 8 and then they go to the changing room and then they stay there for about another 45 minutes before they come down. Have you have seen somebody like that? Give me a wave. When they say that you work two hours, you have 15 minutes break and then they come and tell you that as a supervisor, as a manager, or as a colleague, they tell you that, oh, I'm taking my first break and then they go and they stay there. It's not 15 minutes. They stay there for 45 minutes. If you know someone like that, let me know. Yeah. Do you get angry with such people? And God is saying the same thing to us. That if you know what to do, you know how to do the work, and you don't do it the way it's supposed to be, you do it with a slack, with slackness, deceitfully, I will not be happy if curse means frustration. Hallelujah. And then he said, that curse be the one, be he who keeps back his sword, keeping back from blood in executing judgment pronounced by the Lord. You keep your sword back. Verse 11, please. Moab has been at ease from his youth. His, his youth. Why is God saying this? Moabites are descendants of Lot. Hallelujah. And then Ammonites are also descendants of Lot. If you know the history behind this, you know, when the whole world, you know, it it came to a point, we had Lot and only um, his two daughters were alive. And if you read Genesis, I think Genesis chapter 30 or something like that, you know, they went on 19. They went into each of them, gave their father a lot of drink because they thought that they would be wiped out. 
So they gave their father a drink, and each of them, they decided, that, let's go into our father to have one or two children so that our generation will not be wiped out. Are you with me, please? So when the first one went, gave birth to a son called Moab. So they became the Moabites, and the second one became the uh, Ammonites. Ammon. Hallelujah. So if you read Deuteronomy chapter 2, when the Israelites were journeying towards their promised land, when they got to the land of the Moabites, God gave them strong instructions that the Moabites, the land of the Moab, I have given that land to the descendants of Lord. Do not attack them. If you buy anything from them, pay them the money back. Hallelujah. While some nations were trembling by seeing the Israelites, they were at ease because they did not attack them. The Ammonites, the same. You know, I, we can't go, we can't, don't have much time to read, but Deuteronomy chapter 2, you will see what God said. Are you with me, please? Yeah. So when the Bible says that Moab, huh, but when you come near the territory of the sons of Amnon, do not trouble or assault them and provoke or stir them up. For I will not give you any of the land of the Ammonites for a possession because I have given it to the sons of Lord for a possession. And we also, by the grace of God, many times or sometimes God gives us, by his grace, gives us some rest. You know, many people struggle, but you can see that things are working for you. You know, you, are, you, are, you, are, you have been able to go to school. You have completed the school. You started a project. You have, complete, you have completed the, the project. You, are, you, you wanted to marry. You have married. There are so many things that has, can easily put you at ease. And when they set in like that, you can easily sit back. That's why God said, go back to the verse, please, verse 11. Moab has been at ease from his youth and he has settled on his lease like wine and has not been drawn off from one vessel to another. Neither has he gone into exile. Because even the Israelites, they went to exile. They went to Babylon. Are you with me, please? And then he says that, but you will not go into exile. Hallelujah. Therefore, his taste remains in him. And his sin has not changed. When you, if you know how they brew wine, after they get the fruit on all those things, they put them in a drum, you know, with the impurities and, and the contaminated stuff. And then they let them settle. And then they begin to move them from one, you know, barrel to another. Are you with me, please? Yeah. So, as they keep on moving, then it becomes more nicer and nicer and nicer. That is why God is using that process to describe that times are the movement of life, the challenges of life. Because it will not be easy to move a barrel of wine and pour it into another. It takes a lot of work. Hallelujah. And God is saying that when you come to that point in your life, then you begin to settle. That is when the lukewarmness can easily set in. Hallelujah. Verse 12, please. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, 
says the Lord, when I shall do what, mommy? I shall send to Moab tilters who will tilt him up and shall empty his vessels and break his bottles. May God forbid. We will not be, God will not send us tilters because we are going to rise up and work for him. I said we are going to rise up and work for him in the name of Jesus. Are you with me, please? The next verse, verse 13. And mm-hmm. Moab shall be ashamed of Chemosh, his God, as the house of Israel was ashamed of Bethel. Brothers and sisters, can you see verse 13? Moab will be ashamed of his idol Shemosh. Shemosh. Hallelujah. We, we can easily idolize anything in our lives. Sometimes even the way you dress can become an idol. You can spend many number of minutes, many number, maybe an hour or two. Two hours cannot be enough for you to dress up to come to church on time. And you stand in front of a mirror upstairs and many of us, by the grace of God and by the blessings of the living God, we have another mirror right by our door. That is the last checkpoint, security check, to make sure everything is fine. Hey! TSA mirror, right? Last call. Hallelujah. Yeah. We can authorize our profession, our career, our marriages, our children. You, you just think about it. Anything that will become an idol can easily tip you into lukewarmness. That's what God is saying here. Idol. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? But this will not be said about us. Amen. I said this will not be said about us. Let's move to the counsel, the advice of God. Verse 18. Do you have your book, please? Good, beautiful. Verse 18. Come down from your glory, you inhabitants of the daughter of Debon, and sit on the ground among the thirsty. For the destroyer of Moab is advancing against you. He will destroy your strongholds. Wow. God is saying that Come down from your glory, your inhabitants. Oh, go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 18. The counsel of the Lord. Therefore, I counsel you. How many would like to receive the counsel of God? I counsel you to purchase from me gold refined and tested by fire. The counsel number one. Look at eternal things or look for eternal things. That you may be truly wealthy. Hallelujah. God is saying that what can make you become a lukewarm child of God is the things 
on this earth. Hallelujah. They are the things on this earth. Those are the things that can affect you for you to become lukewarm. But he's saying that my counsel is that let buy from me the gold, refined, eternal things. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. What does it say? Colossians chapter 3. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek. Aim at means that don't lose focus. Let your eyes be on these things. Seek them. Keep fighting for them. Hallelujah. Seek the it rich eternal treasures that, that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. The next verse, verse 2. And set your minds and keep them set. Can you see that? Set your mind. Other versions say set your affection. Affection, your passion, the things that you are passionate of. You love them. It's good to love them. It's good to go to school. It's good to do investments. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Yeah? In fact, the word of God, like I was sharing, Reverend, uh, uh, we were talking about one or two things. There's no way in the Bible that you and I, we are supposed to be poor. It is not the word of God. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? But God is encouraging us that let's set our affection on things above. On things above. That is why Jesus summarized everything. When you read Matthew chapter 6, you know, before 33, you see that Jesus was talking about the things that we need, you and I, we need in the United States of America. Hallelujah. But he said that do not just let your, don't follow those and let your mind rather be on what? Uh-huh. Things above. The kingdom of God. Say, seek them. And it's righteousness. And everything else will be added. Will be added unto you. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Brothers and sisters, let's set our affection. Let's keep on. You know, if you're about to grow weary in doing the things of God, I want to encourage you. Don't. Lift your eyes up unto the eternal, the God refined. Hallelujah. And once you do that, the God that we serve will give you those things and then also give you the things that you are looking for on this earth. Let soul winning become your priority. Calling somebody after church. Wow, I couldn't see, you know, I didn't see one or two I will call them. I don't need somebody to even to prompt you. I will just follow up on this person to find out how he or she is doing. Are you with me, please? Are we going to do that for the Lord? Council number two. Revelation 3.18. Council number two. It says that, and white clothes to clothe you and to keep the shame of your 
nudity from being sin. Hallelujah. You know, one of the things that when we do marriage school, we cancel. Should I say this or I shouldn't say this? Say it, please. We, <laughs> we cancel is that, like I tell couples or beloveds, I tell them that, you know, the way we dress in church is different from the way you are supposed to be at home. In church, we have long staff. You get it? But at home, you know, you put on certain things that will make your partner very excited and very happy. Am I saying something, please? Yes. Yeah. And I... I <laughs> I'm very happy, you know, and I always say that people sometimes suggest that as couple, when you are going to bed, go to bed in your bare nakedness. And I encourage people and I say that, you know, anything that is bare naked, as the Bible is describing here, is not pleasant. Hallelujah. But you need to keep something small on it. It changes everything. Are you with me, please? And God is saying that, no, why clothe to clothe you and to keep the shame of or what? What is nudity, Antiama? Hallelujah. So what we put on in our Christian life, in the spiritual realm, is so important. It's so important. Are you with me? Zechariah chapter 3. Zechariah chapter 3. Verse 1. Yes, mommy. Then the guiding angel showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at Joshua's right hand to yes. be his adversary and to accuse him. Yes. Keep going. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan, even the Lord, who now and habitually chooses Jerusalem, rebuke mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Is not this return captive Joshua a brand plucked out of the fire? Mm -hmm. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel of the Lord. Please pause. Can you see that? The reason why Joshua, verse 1, Joshua was being opposed, hallelujah, by Satan. This Joshua is not the book of Joshua that we have. This Joshua was a high priest who was going to lead the Israelites from Babylon into their new land. Hallelujah. Are you with me? But I believe he was having difficulties because he had certain garments on. And that's what filthy garments. And God is saying that, you know, when Joshua, by virtue of what he had on, attracted something, attracted Satan to oppose him. To oppose him. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? And then he says that verse 2. Go, go to verse 2, please. And the Lord said to Satan, 
The Lord rebuke you, O Satan, even the Lord, who now and habitually chooses, uh-huh, rebuke you. Can you see the double rebuke there? So you can see that there are certain things in the spiritual realm, you know, a day of prayer will not get rid of it. Two days of prayer, that is why I want to encourage all of us here, do not exclude yourself from what we are doing. 30, uh, 21 days, something will give in. I said something will give in. I said something will give in. We don't know what is in the spiritual realm, but what we know is that when we take the battle into the spiritual realm, by prayers and fasting, many things, many things will give in. Hallelujah. Jesus, the Lord had to rebuke Satan twice. How come you joined the line on Wednesdays and Thursdays? So yesterday I joined it, so it's okay for the week. Verse 3. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel of the Lord. The next one, verse 4. And he sp spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take who, away the filthy garments from spoke, him. Who spoke, please? The Lord. The angel spoke to those who stood before him, before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And he said to Joshua, Behold, I have caused your iniquity to pass from you. May that be your story. Amen. And I have clothed you with rich apparel. You will receive rich apparel this year. In the name of Jesus. And the next one, please. And I, Zachariah, said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean. The angel spoke. Say, take the thing. How come he did not take it? Are you with me, please? Because angels do not have jurisdiction on this earth. They bring us the presence. But when they bring us the gifts and the blessings and other things, we need someone who has a jurisdiction on this earth to help us to let the blessing come to pass. And you see that God did not use the same. He used Zachariah, a senior high priest that Joshua knew said that he rather commanded the people, the people before Joshua to remove the temple and put a new one on. Therefore, the priest that comes into your life is so important. Hallelujah. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I know that if I really want to see my God-given destiny, I need a pastor. I need a priest. I need a man of God. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? I need a man of God. He says that let them put a clean man on his head. So they will put a clean... So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him and with rich garments and the angel of the Lord stood by. He can watch. Watch. 
My few years in ministry, maybe 15 years, you know, has shown me that Satan comes to minister to us all the time. No, this is your situation. You don't let the person know when we were in Trenton, you know, a brother wanted to take advantage of a sister. You know, and then when the sister was resisting, no, we, we go to church, we can't do this. Oh, let's do it. Even the pastors, they do it. Who said it? Even the pastors. I will run to my pastor anytime tea for certain garments to be removed from me. And I want to say that when I'm talking about filthy garments, I don't want to feel like, oh, so as I'm sitting here, do I have a filthy garment on? What's the garment that did I put on? You know, when you see somebody, maybe all of us here, either somebody dress you up or you put the clothes on. Am I saying something right here? Those upstairs, many of us, we dress them up. Hallelujah. So you can see that there are times that you put the cloth on yourself. You put the dress on yourself. Hallelujah. There are times that you also have nothing to do with that. Somebody put it on you. Are you with me, please? And this is what affected um, Gideon. Hallelujah. If you read Judges chapter 6, you know, the terms that you plant, the people of Israel, Israel, the Israelites, they were planting, but they were having, they were planting more and harvesting less. The terms that you invest more, you invest more into your profession, but you, 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 you harvest less. You invest more into even your marriage, but you don't see what you would like to see. You do physical investments like investing in stocks or investing in projects, but all the money that you have put into the planting, the harvesting part, is just tiny. Judges chapter 6. Can you please read it for us quickly? Judges chapter 6, verse 3. For whenever Israel had sown their seed, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east came up against them. Mm-hmm. They would encamp against them and destroy the crops as far as Gaza and leave no nourishment for Israel and How no ox for sheep, no ox or sheep or donkey. Uh-huh. For they came up with their cattle and their tents and they came like locusts for multitude. Both they and their camels could not be counted. So they wasted the land as they entered it. Mm-hmm. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the Israelites cried to the Lord. Can you see that? So this Gideon guy was one day was harvesting at the threshing floor. And then an angel appeared. It's a mighty man of us. Oh, who said I'm mighty? If we are mighty, how come the people, anytime that we, we are ready to have it, they come and they take everything away. And they say, it's not like that. If you read the story, if you go to 24, 25, 26, you will find out that Gideon was a Christian. You know, when you talk about generational challenges, altar shrines, demonic stuff and things, people sometimes think that you are being superstitious. But it's not like that. Hallelujah. You know, 
Gideon was a Christian. He was quoting verses in, the, in, that, in that chapter. That is it not that we heard that our fathers came out of Egypt? Is it not that? And they even gave an offering to the angel. Probably gave tithe. Hallelujah. But everything there, he was still struggling. The Bible says that when he went to bed that night, after sacrificing an offering unto the angel, went to bed, and in the, in the sleep, God visited him and said that what is causing all the issue, what has clothed you, the reason why that you are planting more and harvesting less, there's an altar in your father's house. And God said, pull it down. down, down. So when he is about to propose, that is when something comes up. Hallelujah. Yeah. The Bible says that if you read the, the account that we were in Zechariah, when the garment was removed and the garment of holiness, righteousness, and humility was put on him, those are the white garments, put on him, he went ahead and received salvation. You will receive salvation in your finances. Liberty in your marriage. Liberty in your children's life. In the name of Jesus. Are you with me, please? Yeah. The tenth council. Epi, how many minutes do I have? Fifteen. Then I close. Okay. Are you coming? Am I communicating today? Yeah. Let's read Matthew 22. It's in the book. Matthew 22 from verse 10. Matthew 22, verse 10. Matthew 22, verse 10. And those Two. servants went out on the crossroads and uh -huh. got together as many as they found, uh -huh. both bad and good. Uh -huh. so the parable of the great feast, yes. So the room in which the wedding feast was held was filled with guests. Mm -hmm. But when the king came in to view the guests, he looked intently at, at a man there who had no... Uh, who had on no wedding garment. How do you look intently? You pay attention. You pay attention. That's all saying that, look, as children of God, brothers and sisters, let's pay attention to a lot of things. And that's why God said, my next counsel to you is for your, for your eyes to be anointed, for you to see in a certain way because if the man, I'm sure many people were there, but they did not see until the man looked intently and he saw that the guy is not wearing the right attire, the right garment. Verse 12. And he said, friend, how did you come in here without putting on the appropriate wedding garment? And he was speechless, muzzled, gagged. Mm-hmm. Then the king said to the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him into the darkness outside. There will be weeping and grinding of I teeth. I thought that when he was quiet, he was speechless. Maybe grace should have been abound, you know, because he didn't know. But we need to understand that the fact that you do not know, the fact that you do not know that there's an altar in your family, there's something fighting you will not exclude you from the attack. Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. 
it will not exclude you. You know, Gideon was, did not know that the altar in my father's house is that is what's causing all my difficulties in life. But he was not excluded. He was not. He was not. So I would rather go all out to find out what is it? What is it that is fighting me in the United States? Yeah. A lady was going through difficult times, you know, including immigration stuff and everything. Tough, you know. And then God, by the grace of God, I used to tell her that I would take you to Ghana. If you are the reason why I'm in this branch, we will go together. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That's that green card it will be released to you. And then, by the grace of God, it came to pass. And then, she visited home. When she visited, an uncle saw her, was smiling. Wow! Hey, you are here! You know, how is your workplace? Is everything going on? She is one of the people who used to tell me her, the difficulties that she is facing at her workplace. People giving challenges. So now you have your green card. So how is your workplace now? You know, is everything okay? If you have not been here before, you, have, you don't even have passport. You don't have a... How did you know that somebody was going through difficult times? And this is the reason why we need to take this book seriously. Look, you need to take, sit down quietly and begin to speak in tongues and ask yourself, Lord, what is it? The tongues is about, what is it? How many minutes now? I can see from five minutes. Preach. Oh. Preach. <laughs> Give me a few minutes. Okay, we will close. Sorry. Hallelujah. But this year we will pull every altar down. We will pull them down. The altar of financial insufficiency. The altar of not we see peace in our marital homes. We will pull those altars down. Peace. Rest. Ah. Ah. Satan is a liar. I tell you. Anoint the last one. So anoint your eyes. Anoint Deuteronomy 28. Look, we should pray this afternoon. I tell you. And pull certain things down. Bend them. Cut them down. Amen. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 7. You are the battle axe of the living God. You are an axe. You cut, you cut things down in the spiritual realm. Yeah. Anoint Deuteronomy 28, 28 to 29, please. Deuteronomy 28, 28 to 29. Yes, please. My man. 28, 28. Uh-huh. The Lord will smite you with madness and blindness and dismay of mind and heart. Ah, it will not happen to us. Amen. And the when next you one. Grope, uh, uh, noonday as and the then when 28 happens, when 28 happens, 
This is what the results will be. You shall grope at noonday as the blind grope in darkness and you shall not prosper in your ways and you shall be only oppressed and robbed continually and there shall be no one to save you. Mercy. When you can see, you will be robbed. Robbed means that you always do wrong things. Investments wrong. It goes wrong all the time. All the time. But our eyes will be anointed. Amen. God told the Joshua chapter 6, please. 1 and 2. Joshua chapter 6, 1 and 2. <laughs> Groping in darkness, it, pre- it prevents prosperity. Freedom, no financial freedom. Darkness means difficulty in as much as no one. I said, no man can save you. Even when people come into your life. Hmm. One and two. And now Jericho, uh, a fence town with a high wall, was tightly closed because of the Israelites. No one went out or came in. The walls, our walls of Jericho will come down. I said, our walls of Jericho, we will march to our promised land. I said, we will march to our promised land. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, see, it's only when you see. Hallelujah. Are you with me, please? Yeah. If you cannot see, brothers and sisters, you cannot knowing what to do, the know-how, it brings revelation. It brings access. Revelation brings success. If you know, if you can see. When God speaks, then it's a revelation to you. And the Lord said, the Lord said means that God is bringing you revelation. As I'm preaching, maybe God is giving you revelation. The revelation that you have caught now should become a vision in your mind. And then you keep the vision here. And when you keep on visualizing, 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 then it comes out as a physical thing. If you cannot visualize, you cannot have it. You cannot. You cannot. I was listening to Prophet Kakra. He was saying that I planned my life 10 years ahead. So as I'm standing here, I'm planning, I'm thinking I'm planning my retirement. And Prophet Kakra is less than 55. Because you can see ahead. See. If you can't see the world, you can't pull it down. You cannot, you can't see the blessing, sorry, you cannot possess it. Cannot. Hallelujah. That is why seeing our eyes is so important. I'm not talking about physical eyes, I'm talking about spiritual eyes. That's what Paul said, when I heard the people of Ephesus, when they be, I heard that they have become born again, then my prayer that I pray for them was that God will give you the spirit of revelation so that you may know the hope of your calling. That is my prayer because the spirit of revelation, that is what separates the two people. Two people, one will see, one will not see. I, Jacob will see that 
this, 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 um, um, what do you call it? Birthright is something that would take me far, but Esau will not see. He separated them. One became a nation, one became something else. Separated them. Why in the city? When I drive through, I was driving through. Say, hey, where I was, Reverend said last week, in Newark, we don't have total obedience like that. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I said, hey, Lord, what can I see here? What can I see? Jesus became so frustrated and was almost getting angry with his disciples in Mark chapter 8. The Bible says that the Pharisees, they were troubling him, saying, give us signs, give us signs. But you evil generation, I will not give you any sign except the sign of Jonah. And then the people said, that, and then he turned and told the disciples, do not be like the Pharisees. And then he said something. Mark chapter 8. When he was talking, starting from verse 11, he was talking about the bread of the Pharisees or something like that. Give it to me. We can't read it, please. And the people, when they had bread, you know, in those days when you are traveling, you pack everything, you know, lunch, sandwiches, everything. They used to take them like that. And then he said, the bread, now they had completely forgotten to bring bread and they had only one loaf with them and to the boat. And the next one. And Jesus repeatedly expressed the charge and admonished them saying, look at, keep on your guard and beware of the living of the Pharisees and the living of, the, of Herod and then Herodians. The next one. And they discuss it and reason with one another. It is because we have no bread. They didn't hear. They didn't see. And he asked them a question. When I fed 5,000 and 4,000, didn't you see even the, the surplus? If it is bread, can't I even pray for more to come? I'm not talking about bread. Bread. See. 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 You see, when we talk about back home, the brethren who invested so much money into this company, that has become something else. You see, the difference between those who did not, maybe some people saw. How can somebody give you money and say that at the end of the month, what are you going to use the money to do that at the end of the month? I will give you 10%. Mm, a good yeah. But you will be quickly, you will see, God will open your eyes and see that, hmm, I cannot invest in this. I cannot invest in this. The last... But one verse, Genesis 13, 14, and 15. And the Lord said to Abraham, after the Lord has separated from him, now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Lift up your eyes. You are not seeing. From the place where you are, this scripture explains to me and maybe to you that if you want to do investment, you have to start from where you are. You know, some for some maybe a year, two, three years, God really opened my eyes to see how we, we fight, we work hard, with, and then we, we neglect where we are living, and then we invest all the way back home. All our investments, projects, everything. Sometimes we have five-bedroom house. 
over there at the other side of the world, but we live in apartment. Why should it be that way? Why? And just, I, I used to ask myself questions. And then recent, last year, I was talking to somebody and saying, talking about some of these and said, you know, if a Chinese man has come to the United States to invest $1 million in the United States, it means that the person has invested about $10 million in China. You start investment from where your base is. Amen. Where your base. That's what God said. Look from where you are. If you have not bought a house in the United States, I don't see why you should own a house back home. Maybe different opinions, but we will discuss it next time. I, I don't know. Look from where you are and the place where north, 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 south. And then the next one. All the land which you do what? That means if you can't see, you can't have it. If you see the north, you have it. If you see the south, you have it. If you see the west, you have it. If you see the east, you have it. If you cannot see, you cannot have it. If you cannot visualize, you cannot receive revelation from God. And then from the revelation, the victory, series of victories that we are talking about, brothers, it can easily pass you by like that. Pass you by. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 15, last verse. It says that the labor of fools wearies one. What does it mean? What does the labor of fools, mommy? The labor of fools wearies every one of them because he is so ignorant of the ordinary matters that he does not even know how to Can you to see that he town. does not even know? The know how is the revelation the vision, the dream, the know-how. And when you are not in that position, you worry, you struggle, you don't know how to enter the city, you don't know how to come out, you don't know how to do this, you don't know how to come out. It worries you. You become tired. Have you come to that point in your life before where you, you are not sure and because of that, you keep going up and down, trying this, doing that, doing that, and then and you become tired. At a point, what says things like what I was saying, you can easily lose hope. And once you lose hope, your faith is gone. And when your faith is gone, you are at the mercy of the enemy. Because the just shall live by faith. This is what time will allow us, brothers and sisters, until we meet again. My name is Kwame Ousudeko. Forgive. <laughs> Why don't you please on your feet for let's, as we close, please. We will not be lukewarm this year. We will set our eyes on eternal things. We will wash our garments. We will remove even the one that we do not put on. And put on the garment of righteousness, holiness, and humility. 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 I have made you too small. Sing it for me, sister. I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh
Father, we thank you this afternoon. We bless you, O oh God. Be magnified in our spiritual life, in our Christian life. Father, there are many times that we draw back. And instead of lifting you and setting our eyes on eternal things, Lord, we made mistakes and we push for the earthly things. This year, as we are expecting a series of victories, O oh Lord, bring us back to your fold. Bring us back into your presence, O oh God. Reveal unto us the things that you have for us, the eternal things. Father, anoint each of us here, our eyes, so that we may see. You said a see. May we see, O oh Lord. In the city of New York, in the United States, may we see, Lord. May we see. May we see this year. Amen. May we see, Lord. Amen. May we see, Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, as a pastor, may I see the souls that are perishing. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.